gentlemen tonight's guest from way over on the east side of the country new york i believe mm-hmm. nico polizzi the host of upstate unconventional podcast he has uh he has a couple of interesting stories he's going to share with us tonight i, I can't really remember exactly if I found him first or if he found me first. Um, But I found his Instagram. And I I just scrolled through it. It it appears that he he may have just started with the podcasting. And there was a video. Just maybe three, three and a half, four minutes long. But it was the most compelling story and after listening to it I immediately reached out to him through the message on uh, Instagram and uh, he got back with me so um, I'm pleased to say that we were able to get this worked out and get you on the show Nico welcome to Uncomfortable Eric thank you very much that was a great introduction (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah i your or your Instagram account came up as a suggested follow, so I followed you. I'm trying to build it. I just started my podcast in mm-hmm. uh, June, I think June 5th, and um, <clears throat> yeah, you messaged me. We started talking. We we're like, let's let's get this set up. So, what what brought you? Was it a was it a myriad of experiences throughout your life? Was it a a one experience? Was it just an interest in paranormal and conspiracies. What got you to the point where you decided, you know what, I'm going to sit down in front of a mic and I'm going to do this. Um, it was a myriad of experiences. I've had stuff going back to five years old, pretty much throughout my whole life. I'm 29 now. And there was about a four year gap from 2016 to 2020 where life was good. There was no weird or strange activity at all. And then we all know what happened in 2020. The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> bottom fell out. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of time to sit and listen to podcasts. I, I still worked. I took the mandatory layoff for six weeks, and I couldn't wait to get back to work. And yeah. I detail cars, so I had a lot of time to put some headphones in and listen to stuff. And I always talk, I talk to people a lot at work, and I, I found that if you talk to someone long enough, even if they don't believe in the paranormal mm-hmm. at all, you're going to get something out of them where they're going to say, well, there was uh, this you know, one time. Yeah, there was this one time that this happened, and I can't explain that, but I don't think about it anymore. And I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So That's interesting, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like if, if you're not in the, in the right frame of mind 
to, if you're not accepting of that kind of a, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. If you're not, if you're, if your brain isn't accepting of those kind of occurrences, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're blind to, even though something may smack you in the face, you may not recognize it for what it is and try to put your own twist on it. Yeah. Well, exactly. Going off of that, I'll tell you a story. This happened to me when I was 17 and this was one of those moments that was a smack in the face. And I thought it would have been a smack in the face to everybody else around me, but no one else aside from my brother seemed to pay attention to this at all. And it was just confirmation that there is definitely an afterlife. There's something, something beyond what we see here. And it was February of two, uh, 2009. I was 17 years old and my grandfather died. And it was a big loss. You know, everyone's sad at the funeral. Well, beforehand, he raced pigeons. He raised pigeons, raced them, did all sorts of competitions throughout his whole life. So it seemed fitting for his funeral to release pigeons. Mm -hmm. And they released 12 pigeons. Uh, We drove to the funeral. They had the pigeons in the back of the car with us. You know, the end of it, they released the birds and... Two birds did not come out of the crate. And these guys were, you know, shaking them, trying to get them out. They would not (laughs) leave the crate for anything. They tried pushing them out. It was ridiculous, but it was beautiful. The birds flew, and then they put the crates back in with those two birds. Me, my brother, and my cousins, we all got in the car. And I'm like, this is our grandparents. They're here with us right now, guys. (laughs) And Everyone's like, yeah, it's weird. Those birds didn't want to fly out. I don't wonder why. I'm like, it's them. They're with us. <laughs> They're giving us a sign. <laughs> but it is. And then talking to them afterwards, they kind of were like, oh, yeah, no, that's that was definitely them. And it's like. <laughs> yeah, that, that reminds me of uh, uh, a friend I had years ago. Um, her dad passed away and he was a he was a, a trucker. And uh, he had pulled over to to help somebody who was having car problems, and he was struck by a vehicle and killed. And uh, tragic. Uh, I, I still don't think she's ever gotten over it. But uh, apparently, his favorite bird were cardinals, and she she very much has the same thing throughout her life. Cardinals tend to show up in in odd places at odd times, and. Um, she always feels that that's, that's him letting her know that he's still around. That's, uh, who's to say, man? I mean, you know, there's, there's so much we don't know about what's out there and, um, it's just, I've, I've had some, I had some experiences, uh, after my dad passed away, uh, I was 22 and, uh, that, that for me confirmed, that that not only is there something beyond this physical life, but for a time, those spirits are able to interact in in a way with us still on this plane. Um, yeah, and and I've gotten into this in other shows, and I, I won't bore you with it. And uh, oh, it's that, not boring at all. I, I, I agree I with you. I won't re rehash that story, but. <laughs> 
Um, so you've got you've got a list of things. Um, I know initially when I first talked to you about this, you were kind of hesitant. You were like, I really don't think this is going to make for you know a whole lot of talking. But after after chatting with you and some other things that you had pulled back from from years prior and uh, some other experiences, I asked you to put together a a list of uh, bullet points so that we wouldn't gloss over anything and uh, we'd have a way of going back if we uh, got off onto a tangent like I think we just did. And that tends to happen. That tends to happen with me. Uh, but let's let's. Uh, I'm going to leave it up to you. You tell me what you want to start with, and and let's start getting into it. All right. Well, do you want me to start from the beginning, <laughs> or uh, before I I talk about the one that we got in contact over? Right. I think I think it's important. I should tell you uh, episode of sleep paralysis that possibly could have been astral projection that happened back in 2013 because I do think that they tie together well, sure. in, a, yeah. in a weird way. Go for it, man. But uh, All right, so I went to college to be an English teacher, and I did that for several years before I realized I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> but uh, it was very stressful, and I, I was cramming to put my portfolio together the night before and I had had sleep paralysis my whole life. This well from about 2003 when we moved into a new house, I, I started experiencing sleep paralysis and uh, this one was unlike anything else. So just get into it. So I was up till about four o'clock in the morning finishing my uh, portfolio I was putting together and I got like the last page done and I just, I finally crashed. And when I fell asleep, I just, it felt like I was taken out of my body. I just went somewhere else. And it's, I don't know if this was an astral projection or a very lucid dream, but it was, I could control the dream and I was fully in charge of what was going on. Well, typically that's what you find find with lucid dreaming, mm-hmm. especially if you're um, adept at at doing it. Yeah, I, I am not adept, but this this was <laughs> this was pretty surreal. I was seeing through the first person, but I was also able to see myself in the third person. So it was it was weird, but I was running around, and I was just I, I realized I could control the dream. I was running and jumping and leaping through the air, almost flying up in the clouds. And I just kept doing it. And it was amazing. And I jumped the last time I jumped, I hit my head on the sky. It felt like I hit a dome and everything went black. And I woke up in a white room. I was laying on a couch white couch, white sheets. And when I woke up, there was this older woman in there. Now I felt like I was awake. Everything was very clear. I could feel everything. I could smell. It was very bizarre. And this woman was like, Oh, you're awake. And I said, where am I? And she said, you were in a car accident. You got to stay here and rest. 
And I'm thinking in my head, I just woke up. I wasn't in a car accident. And so I start to get up and she's like, no, 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 sit down, sit down, you know? And I was like, no, I got to get up and I got to get out of here. I'm fine. I can feel everything. I'm totally fine. And as I start to get off this couch, she starts to get angry with me. And her face starts to shift a little bit as she's getting angry with me. And finally, I'm like, I'm getting up. And I get up, and by the end of it, her face had twisted and turned completely demonic. Oh, really? And it almost, the best way I can describe it, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Mm-hmm. So it looked kind of like a combination of one of the Urukai orcs and Darth Maul mixed together. Oh, Lord. Is what her face kind of morphed into and it terrified me and I, I ran out the door or it just ran it was just an open white room and I just started running and then everything went black again and then it's where it gets interesting I woke up a second time and I was in a conference room and there were 10 or 12 the best way I can describe them is generic politicians just faces you recognize, but you can't say who they are. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting around a table, and there's one close to me, and they've handed me a piece of paper, a contract of some sort. I can't, I didn't see anything that was on it, but I'm just about to sign it. And I'm kind of in a trance, like ready to sign it. And they're all looking at me. And as I'm about to sign it, something behind me a voice just kind of in my head was like, don't. And I snapped out of it and I was fully aware of the situation. Again, I could feel everything, see everything, smell everything, had full control. And I said, no, I'm not signing this. And it was the same situation that when I said, I'm not signing this, their faces started to change. Well, why aren't you signing this? You agreed you were going to sign this. And after about 30 seconds of confrontation, I threw the little uh, clipboard on the table and went to push the chair out and make a run for it and snap, boom, I woke up in my room, on my bed, completely paralyzed for about 15 seconds, couldn't move, and it screwed me up for like the next week and a half. Bizarre. So when their faces, you said they started to change, were they, they changing like the, in a similar way as the, the old lady did? As the old woman did too. Very similar. Um, some different color patterns. Not really horns or anything, but their faces just morphed. And it was very unnatural, but very natural, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, it just It just shifted. It was like, the makeup came off and I saw their true identities. And as soon as I pushed the chair out, I was right back in my room. And now, now for the listener, sleep paralysis is uh, a, a period of a period of time between sleep and waking where you are apparently fully aware of your surroundings and what's going on. You can hear, you can see, but you are you are un- unable to essentially move. Exactly. You can you can think you you're thinking clearly, but you 
can't move anything. You're, you can't talk, at least for me, maybe some people can, but I've tried to scream. I've tried to, you know, do anything you can. And eventually it wears off, but it's terrifying. I mean, it's probably about 30 seconds or so that you're actually in it, but it feels like an hour. And that's happened to me quite a bit, but this was the first time that there's ever been something so vivid and just, just out of the, I don't know how to explain it. It was just so real and terrifying because it was like I was back. And did you have anything going on in your life at that time that was uh, overly stressful or, you know, were you, were yeah, you like contemplating it, any kind of major decisions in life or? Well, like I said, I was just about to graduate. I was just finishing up my student teaching for college, um, just putting together my portfolio so I could graduate mm-hmm. and go into the workforce. And had you already made the decision that you were not happy about what you have had chosen as, as far as your life path? Yeah, I, I didn't. An English teacher in high school told me I'd be a great English teacher one day, and my parents heard that, and they kind of were like, yeah, that's a great idea, and I just kind of went with it. Mm-hmm. It was like I was kind of asleep through the whole thing. Not physically asleep, but right, just yeah. kind of going with the flow, and then I started seeing some hypocrisy, especially at the college level, but I don't want to get too much into like conspiracies and things like that right now, but it was just very contradicting. You know, they tell you one thing and then they expect another. And so I wasn't really looking forward to it, but I went with it, did it for several years and then decided it was time to move on and work for myself and do things like that. But that was an interesting one. But I was talking to someone last night and they were mentioning Archons when I told them that story. Archons. So that got me thinking. Now I'm not a hundred percent familiar with archons, but I, from what I've heard is they have to do with like the fallen angels and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't put a ton of stock into it, but it was an interesting point to bring up. Mm-hmm. And then like we were talking beforehand, the thing that was on my shoulder might have been something angelic. You were saying, it, it, when I saw it, <laughs> that was I, was, I was struck with a, you know, and I mean, it's a very simple mark, um, mm-hmm. but there was something about it and I was struck by it and it was, it, it resonated with me. Like I had seen something like that prior and it took me a while, but it, it finally came to me and it was a few years ago I had been looking into whether or not there was any kind of actual, uh, um, language or, um, symbols that were, were recognized as being angelic and, and there are, there are symbols and there was one in particular (laughs) that, um, what was on your shoulder was obviously only a partial of, of what I had recognized Mm-hmm. But it was extremely similar to 
what I was looking at on this chart of uh, angelic symbols. And Interesting. given the fact that once you get into that story, um, there there may be some relation. I don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves too far and, and spoil anything. But um, yeah, it's and like I said earlier when we were talking before we started recording, I was for whatever reason I was under the impression that that market only stayed on you for a couple of days. But then you indicated to me that it was on for the better part of over a week. Which yeah, it, it was did, did it ever days. did it ever change like the photograph that uh, or the um, the video that you put out I believe was on June twenty first and you said in the video that that event had happened the night before so June twentieth mm-hmm. um, was when you videotaped that on Instagram was that the darkest that that had been on you or did it continue to get darker. Did it seem to change or any more of it show up? It stayed that exact darkness until about Thursday. So that would have been the 25th, right? So Tuesday was the 22nd, 23rd, 24th. So about the 24th. And then that Friday, it started to fade a little bit. And then by Saturday, it was pretty much gone. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into that uh that story and then we'll we'll double back onto some of your other all right um so it was uh father's day sunday father's day totally normal day nothing weird or out of the ordinary happened had a great day with my son and my wife we went out had some food totally normal day that night we got home you know the house was messy and everything and i was just taking some time to clean it up and before you knew it it was one o'clock in the morning I was exhausted so I took the dog out went up to bed and I just as soon as I laid down on the bed I was just out just completely out and this was about one between one o'clock and one fifteen in the morning so it was technically June 21st when this occurred Mm -hmm. Uh, fell asleep and then slept for about an hour and I woke up to my dog completely panicking in the room, freaking out, scratching at the door, howling. So I jumped out of bed. I happened to look at the clock. It was 2.43. I don't think there's any significance to that number or anything like that, but I was just completely out of it. And he was going nuts didn't notice anything in the room, didn't notice or feel anything weird going on. But I, I was more concerned with the dog waking up my son. So I just ran over, still in my underwear, ran downstairs, took him outside, and he ran outside, and he just laid down in the grass. And I was like, okay. I had to pretty much drag him in the house. and I'm going to blow your freaking mind. oh boy so I I drag him in the house and like I said he's a five month old puppy he has he loves to try to sleep on the bed he can't he he does not separate from me and uh, (laughs) I had to drag him in he wouldn't go upstairs he laid down by the you know kitchen door to the backyard he wouldn't come up the stairs 
So I still out of it. I walk up, go back to sleep. It's got to be close to maybe three o'clock in the morning at this point. I don't know exactly. Go back upstairs and I just fall right to sleep and I'm out, wake up at like six 30 and a little out of it, very groggy, just like tired. And I roll over and my wife looks, she goes, what's that on your shoulder? And I look at it and I, my heart sank a little. I didn't know what it was. My first thought was maybe this is a tick bite. Like who, you know, you go mm-hmm. to all the logical sure. things. Did I sleep, sleep on something and leave this mark? But that was it. And then I put, it just, I was out of it all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everyone was kind of out of it. The puppy yeah. was very lethargic. Everyone was just exhausted and it, it's kind of a rainy day. So I was like, I, I got to post this on Instagram. This is, this is too weird. So I, I did the little video, posted it. And sure enough, you contacted me. <laughs> you ready to get your mind blown? I am. What time did you wake up? 243. Angelic number 243 brings a message that the angels and ascended masters have heard your prayers and are assisting you to manifest your wants, needs, and desires into your life. Give any fears or worries to the angels for transmutation and healing. It equates to the angelic number nine. Interesting. (laughs) Now, I just looked that up. I hate smartphones because (laughs) there is so much available at at your fingertips that yeah. I had no idea about this prior to me saying that I thought that reminded me of an angelic symbol. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm going to have to really do some studying on this one. That, that is, yeah, my mind is blown, Eric. You, you weren't like, <laughs> Um, so, okay. Um, take a moment. Think about that for Mm -hmm. a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. So, um, the amount of time that you were outside with your dog, Mm -hmm. was it abnormal in any way to what your recollection of it being was? I would say anywhere realistically between five and 10 minutes at most just getting him outside walking him around trying to you know he did eventually pee a little bit and then i got him in uh he wouldn't come upstairs so yeah probably right around like five between five and ten minutes nothing seemed abnormal other than the fact that i was completely out of it and he wouldn't come upstairs but I didn't think of that at the time. I just thought he was being kind of stubborn. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing really set in until the next day when I started really thinking about it. And what's your wife's perception of what she saw on your shoulder? She was freaked out by it. She didn't know. She said it looked like someone branded me because it didn't look, It was, but it wasn't raised at all. It was just... Like it, just a marking, like almost like a tattoo. 
just yeah, a it, marking it, on the skin. In fact, the color of it reminded me of a henna tattoo. Mm-hmm. But, and that's why I was thinking, did I sleep on something weird? Was I sleeping on my phone cord or something strange? And No, but she was, she was freaked out by it. And, of course, she's going to the logical stuff first. Look up bug bites. Look up rashes. <laughs> like, because we have big tick problem in this area. Yeah. Everyone, you know. And, yeah, it was just, no one could explain it. But this is actually a little weird. I don't know if this has anything to do with it. But I went to send the picture to my mother-in-law. And the picture just would not send for some reason. It would not send through uh, iMessage at all. I don't know if she was just not connected to uh, Wi-Fi or whatever at the time. Could be a very logical explanation, but the picture wouldn't send, and she actually came over later on in the day and just saw it in person because the picture wouldn't send at all. Did you ever have any kind of uh, physical effects from it or notice any... Yes, we talked about that. So I noticed, uh, and again, this didn't even occur to me until you had mentioned it, mm-hmm. but I usually have to crack my back several times a day just from the, like in between the shoulder blades, uh, my wife step on it and everything. And my, I haven't had any tightness or pain or haven't had to have my back cracked and since that happened. So, up in, All the way up until this point, it's still not. Yeah, still, it's still good. I wake up in the morning. I don't have to, you know. Interesting, because when I think when we first talked about this, you know, it, only a short time had passed, and you said you noticed mm-hmm. that you didn't have any back pain, and I'm I'm surprised to hear that it's uh, it's still. Yeah. And that's and, that's why when when we first talked, I I suggested listening to my episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, where something like uncannily similar happened with, uh, with that gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. It was very odd. And like I said, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. So it was, it was interesting. And then it just kind of faded away, but I'm going to have to really think about the, the, angelic numbers that's very interesting your prayers will be answered healing oh man that's it's funny because uh maybe i'll have to tell you off the record but in a way our prayers were answered but i I just can't talk about the situation right now because we're in a custody battle with my wife and her ex-husband but in a way, yes, our prayers were answered on June 30th. <laughs> so that's that's very interesting. This this is really, you did blow my mind, Eric. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, when we stop recording, I'll, sure. I'll give you a little rundown on that situation. But yeah, the it, prayer it, was definitely answered. It's interesting that you bring up the child because I was going to ask you, um, after... Now, you, before I get into that, you've you've also indicated to me that you and your wife have both um, simultaneously, I think, uh, experienced a, a jump in time, uh, 
Yes, we've had several encounters, and I was actually looking through my phone, and I found, I did document some of the times that it happened. So the first time we really noticed it was, I mean, hold on one second. The first time we noticed it was the week of uh, December 14th, 2020 to December 18th. We had multiple accounts. And now as I look at the dates, it connects to the prayer that was answered. So I know that's, I'm sorry for the listeners, but there's just, I can't tell the exact story, but that that's when we start, first started noticing the lost time. On December 18th, we sat down at 10 o'clock at night, and Eric, I swear, we talked for five minutes. We just sat down for five minutes before we went up to bed. I, I would have bet any money we talked five, ten minutes at the most. Mm-hmm. We looked at our phones. It was past midnight. And you did you both recognize that, like, yeah, immediately? Because we sat down, we talked, it was just normal talk, and we, I was like, all right, let's go to bed. It's 10 o'clock already. My wife picked up, unplugged her phone from the charger, looked at it, and she's like, it's 12.03 or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, what? It, very bizarre. Can't explain that one at all. And this has happened multiple times during that, that time period that you, you indicated. Yeah, so it happened several times between December 14th and December 18th, which now, like I said, as I look at the dates, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, then it happened again December 26th. January 3rd, and then I stopped uh, keeping track after that. For some reason, I stopped recording them, and then it picked up again, I would say, around May. We had a few incidences, just simple stuff. Mm-hmm. We put my son to bed around 7.30 and did the dishes. I think I told you this on Instagram. We did the dishes, and apparently it took us an hour and a half to do the dishes because it took, we, we put five dishes in the dishwasher and it was nine 30 already. And we both recognized it again. We were like, how is it nine 30 right now? And can't explain that one. And then just a few more times, just between me coming home from work, eating dinner. And then all of a sudden it's 11 o'clock at night. And we're just like, how, Again, maybe we're just not paying attention. <laughs> but that's a long time. Seems... To, that's a long time to not pay attention. <laughs> exactly. It, but you know, you you get home, you eat dinner, you put the dishes away, you get the kid to bed, and it's roughly around eight thirty typically when all that's said and done, and that's our time where we can sit down and relax. And right. then before you know it, it's eleven o'clock at night, midnight, and we're not falling asleep. <laughs> Unless, unless we're both falling asleep at the exact same time and waking and up at the exact same time. And it's a shared experience. I mean, you're you're both, like, looking at each other and able to have a conversation about exactly. what the hell just happened. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. It's, it's, it never feels like anything happened. 
it, it's never like, whoa, what was that? Oh, look, there's lost time. It's just like we're sitting there just having our normal life. And then we look up and it's like, we got to get to bed. I mean, where did the time go? And like I said, it, it's just been bizarre. It's happened on and off. And it just it Any, messes with anything, your head. <laughs> yeah, anything unusual around the house that you may have noticed, you know, that, uh, um, be out of place or you didn't realize you did that or uh, there was one time I can uh, tell you about this happened on January 3rd I have it written down here so this was interesting it I was it January 3rd yeah so I w- was looking for my checkbook I had to write out the check because we need to have the rent in by the 5th. So I was writing out the check, or went to write out the check, and I always keep my checkbook in my top drawer of my nightstand. So I went upstairs to get the checkbook, and it wasn't there. So I'm thinking, okay, that's weird. My wife is on the bed, working on her iPad, whatever, and she's like, I was like, did you, t- did you move it for anything? Did you touch it? No. Okay. So I go downstairs to the only other place that I might have left it, Go down, I pull the whole drawer out, I'm looking through it, I don't find anything. So now I'm kind of, not panicking, but I'm like, well, where the hell did I put it? And I go back upstairs, she's same spot, I was maybe gone five minutes, I think. Go back, I open up the drawer, it's sitting right on top of the drawer. Like, as soon as I opened it, it's right where it always is. And I'm like, of course, I ask her, did, did you put it back in there? Did you use it? And not t- like, you know, your mind goes to that logical thing first, but I have no explanation for that one. And she was like, it's weird. Write it down. <laughs> you know. Let me ask you this. I guess I, I have two questions that are kind of burning. Mm-hmm. One is during the course of these things happening, did you notice any change at all in, in the child? Yes. Well, we have two kids. So we have my stepson who is 11 and he's the one that's involved with the mm-hmm. court case and everything. And then we have my son, our son together, who is four now. And yeah, it's, it's been a emotional roller coaster with what's going on. And, yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of changes going on in the house there. Um, well, with with two kids in involved, um, mm-hmm. when you have the passing of three and a half or four hours of of time, mm-hmm. and no interruption from either child. No noises upstairs, no banging toys around, no turn down the music. Well, that's that's what's interesting. Well, I'll just say this. My stepson was not living with us in the house at that time. And my four-year-old, he was three when it started. He turned four in February. It always happens when we put him to sleep. It never happens when he's around or anything like that. 
do you notice any changes in personality or anything with him during here's another interesting thing that we literally just found out on Saturday was my my four-year-old has been acting very odd very irritable very emotional constantly complaining of headaches and everything like that and finally we just took him to the doctor because he's been having headaches every night and things like that and they ran some blood work and it came back that he was uh, gluten intolerant and he's been dealing with that so there too is another prayer that's kind of answered because we were really worried that there was something you know wrong with his head or something neurological and it turned out that it's just a gluten allergy so we've been switching everything out getting rid of all the pastas and stuff to switch to a gluten-free house for him so that's interesting too it's it's weird how it's all kind of tied together <laughs> but yeah. it's it's very odd very interesting um so my other question was and I'm not asking you to to profess your uh, whatever religious uh, affiliations you have, mm-hmm. but have you noticed a change in? Let me let me put it this way: Have you noticed any change in your spirituality? I have, and like we kind of talked a little bit beforehand, I I, I feel. I don't want to sound cheesy or anything like that, but I feel much more calm and I have a little bit more of an understanding that like we were saying, you can't take the Bible as literally as you, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't take it verbatim and something just kind of opened up in my mind. That's like, this can be a reference point, but it's not the whole, not the whole picture. And yeah, there's definitely been a little bit of a shift in me, at least. I don't know. Not so much my wife, because she's not really religious all that much, but mm-hmm. I've definitely had a more calming, not as, not that I was like a gung-ho religious person by any means, but I always struggle with, you know, what what's true, what's not true. You start getting into sure. the conspiracy stuff. You're, and plagued, you're, you're plagued like, like I am with the questions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's almost like something's just kind of telling me, just just relax and you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing right now. And not to overthink things anymore. You know, just kind of focus on what's important and let the rest rest of the world figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, this is <laughs> very interesting. I'm still wrapping my head around the. I'm saying it's very interesting a lot. I'm sorry. No, that's um, that's fine. <laughs> I I say it a tongue too because literally everything that uh, that I hear from from guests on this show is is flat out interesting and and I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't stop myself from saying it, and at this point, I'm twenty-five or twenty-six episodes into it, I'm I'm not going to fight it anymore. I 
I struggle with saying the word interesting and I struggle with the, um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, I just, uh, sometimes I think my, my brain is, is firing more words than, than I can get out of my mouth at one time. And I'm trying to pick and choose which words need to come out and which to stay in. Exactly. I, I feel the same way all the time, <laughs> but I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I've even blew my mind with the, uh, the 243 and, and I don't know why, you know, this is another thing I've, I've said this in other episodes and, you know, I think there's a, a huge difference between coincidences and, uh, synchronicities. Yes. And I feel that very much throughout a, a good deal of my, my episodes, there are synchronicities that for some time I was considering coincidences, but when I switched my thought to the fact that they're actually synchronicities, it, it clarifies and yet muddies the water at the same time. It makes, it makes things make more sense. I mean, I've had, uh, I've had three specific guests on and they all knew each other without knowing each other. Interesting. I had, I had a woman who was a native American witch who okay. there was, if you listen to that episode, there's a lot of weird shit that happened in that, that three hours. I went, I went to her house and uh, interviewed her in her home, but, have to write, but write these down. <laughs> by the end of the evening, after the recording was done and I had experienced seeing a, uh, what I later found out was a ghost arm reach through uh, the wall and wave a Sasquatch howl outside of her bedroom window and uh, seeing her morph from a 47-year-old, attractive 47-year-old Native American woman to about an 18- or 20-year-old version of herself that was nude sitting in front of me for a brief second. Um, I was, I was shook after that as I was, as I was leaving her home. Uh, I literally had to call my son and talk for 35 minutes on the drive home to just kind of talk me down off of everything that transpired. But yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah. My father, but but actually told, yep, yep. yep. Hang on to that thought. (laughs) Yep. Um, after I'd packed everything up and, was getting ready to exit her uh, the room we were doing the interview in. She sat back down on her bed, and uh, she said, I need to get you in touch with a friend of mine. His name's Eric. And I put my stuff down, and I sat back down in the chair, and I said, the gentleman's last name. And she said, yes. <laughs> Interesting. And she said, how did you know? And I said, I didn't. But I've been trying to get a hold of this guy for the last three and a half, four months. As a guest on your podcast? To be a guest on my podcast. Wow. And she goes, well, (laughs) I'll send him a text and I'll tell him that we did this and that he should talk to you. Now. That gentleman had been suggested to me by my very first guest, 
who was a demonologist out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, who worked for the church and was a paranormal investigator. But when needed, he would be called in by the church and was um, was experienced in giving the minor rite of exorcism. So wow. he suggested that I get a hold of this guy because he said, oddly enough, he and I he and I are very good friends. And I was like, okay, who is this guy? And he goes on to tell me his name and that he is a reverend in the Church of Satan in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Kalamazoo guy did not know the the Native American witch. No, but they all were but connected. In. They were all interconnected. And yeah. that that just floored me. Yeah. What are your thoughts on if, if we live in a simulation or not? <laughs> <laughs> when you hear stories like this, it makes you wonder, like, is this a storyline that's already playing out? Like, oh, man, that that is fascinating. You know, it's absolutely fascinating. It's just, like I said, uh, there are synchronicities. There, there, mm-hmm. With so many episodes, so many little things have, they just line up. And where it's going, I don't know. Um, it's bizarre. It's intriguing as hell. At times, it's a little spooky. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't know. It just going back and telling that, re, reliving that, that whole episode in my head, um, it, it's, it's still, I, I still have trouble wrapping my head around the things that I experienced that night and then, to top it all off that you know and when i when i saw for a brief second that she changed and and went to a much younger version of herself and the clothes were gone and i had this i had i'll be honest with you like from the moment that i met her and i saw her when she walked out the door, I had a very, very strong um, sexual urge mm-hmm. towards her. And I'm typically not that guy. I mean, right. don't get me wrong; I like women, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a predator. Right. And and the feeling that I had towards her was almost predatory. And when I when I saw her shift to a younger nude version of herself I must have had a look on my face. I know I stopped talking and she just looked at me and she goes, "What's the matter?" And I said, nothing never mind and she goes with just this innocent sheepish grin on her face what did you see 
I hadn't indicated that I saw anything. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was some sort of test, maybe? Well, <laughs> some time went past, and I called her. And I literally literally had a conversation with her on the phone, and I said, I, I got to ask you about this. Did you do that to me? And she said, no, I didn't. And I said, if you did, would you tell me? And she goes, yeah, of course. And I said, because I know what I saw. And I know what I felt from the moment you opened the door. And it seemed to be very related. And she said, maybe it was one of my spirit guides. Trying to test your intent. that that's wild that is that that's that's what popped out in my head as soon as you said it this is this was some sort of test and whether or not she did it intentionally or not it, yeah it's very interesting i'm gonna have to listen to these episodes now to <laughs> put the whole story together yeah it's it's weird because you know i've re-listened <laughs> i i do this with my podcast, I don't particularly like my voice. Um, so when I listen to myself, it's kind of cringy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I go back and I listen to my, my podcast and I try to get a feel for what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? I should have done this. I should have asked that, you know, um, try to learn from myself. And uh, when I go back and I listen to those three episodes, There seems to be a common <laughs> um, calmness to those to those episodes. Uh, Almost like because I know with me, I'm very new to this, so I'm overthinking everything. I'm thinking of every word, like we said. Is it almost like something else kind of took the wheel and took the direction of the conversation and just maybe it was your higher self or something talking is that what you're trying to get at or i don't know i don't know necessarily that okay just uh almost like an intertwining thread Mm. don't really know why it's there what it's for where the other end is going to lead um, but she she had made a, a comment to me in a in a conversation uh, later on that I was slowly being introduced to the circle, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I don't either. But I, it I, sounds like it. It almost as corny as that this sounds, but almost like destiny. You know what I mean? It yeah. is your this is the path you're supposed to be on. And it's very interesting. That is. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So there's that. I, I don't know. Now I brought up Sasquatch Mm -hmm. and I don't remember how it came up prior to starting the recording, but, 
you jump very near and dear to your heart. Yep, and you uh, you kind of jumped on something uh, immediately, which was not something I was expecting from anything that we had talked about previously. No, and it honestly, it, I I brushed this because th- the time it happened, it happened uh, last around last June or July, so about a year ago, and I had never heard Sasquatch Chronicles. I was aware of Bigfoot. I thought it was a possibility. And again, I don't have any proof or I'm not even a hundred percent convinced it was Bigfoot, but it, it was interesting based off of the encounter and then a podcast I heard almost a year later. Um, do you want me to just jump right into that? Yeah, or? go ahead. Okay. We're all over the place anyway, man. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like you said, it's a puzzle we just got to try to put together. That's exactly right. So this uh, there's a nature preserve about two miles from my house, and it's called Five Rivers Nature Reserve, and they have a ton of trails. They have some smaller trails that are around, and then they have a few that maybe like three or four miles long. Nothing too crazy, but they go a little further back, and we were on one of the medium trails that's not it's not where everyone goes but it's not all the way out in the woods it's just not a lot of people ever go there and we were just walking it was me my wife and my three-year-old at the time and we heard something kind of in the tree line aside from us we never saw anything it was fine but we came around this corner and it was in an open field. So to the left of us was an open field. To the right of us is the tree line and the wood line. I'm sorry. How long ago was this? This happened last year. Either. I don't remember the exact date, but it was either June or July of 2020. Okay. And so we came around this corner and my spidey senses went up (laughs) and my wife's spidey senses went up and my son was walking in front of me and he's three and he's, he's an active kid. He's a big kid. He loves to be out on the trails and stuff. Something just told me, just grab him. And I grabbed him and I picked him up and we start no explanation for this at all. It was just like, I got to pick him up right now. And we started walking and my wife's right behind me. And we heard something kind of shuffle in the wood line. And we stopped, I looked, I didn't see anything, so we started walking again, and as we were walking, I heard what sounded like a pig snorting at us, going like, I'll I'll try my best to do the impression, but it was like, you know, it it sounded like a wild boar, but where we are in New York, there's no wild boar that are naturally occurring. And it just freaked us out. It followed us for about maybe 20 feet. And then we just kind of turned around and went back. It followed us back in the woods, snorted one more time when we left. And my wife was freaked out. And she's like, is that a bear? Is that a bear? And I've hunted most of my life. Uh, Never heard a bear snort like a pig like that never heard a bear really make any noise honestly and 
the only thing I was like, it, it might have been a bear or it might have just, maybe it was a buck. I was just trying to calm her down. I was like, maybe it's just a buck, a territorial buck snorting at us or something. And we got out and back onto kind of the main trails and it just kind of went away. We didn't think too much about it, but we just assumed it was an animal. And like I said, Bigfoot was not on the brain or anything like that at all. So before, before the snorts, you said there was some kind of rustling in the brush. What, what were you hearing? What was the, I mean, like leaves, leaves rustling, twigs snapping. No twigs snapping, just leaves, like something moved in the, in the woods. Just, you know, any idea about how far away from it you were? It sounded close. I mean, we were probably three or four feet from the wood line Mm -hmm. because the way they, they kind of mow like the general path, like a rough mow. So it was a, tall field to the left of us that was grass probably about three feet high hadn't been cut and then nice trim path there that continued on and then the wood line which was rough and you kind of visible but not not visible enough to see far into Mm -hmm. it so that happened and and like i said we just kind of brushed it off didn't think much of it at all just like that was weird. Maybe we saw a bear because we do have black bear in New York state. Sure. They're not very big. They usually run away if you walk near them. Cause I've had a couple run-ins with black bears and typically it's as long as there's no cubs involved, it's fairly easy, you know, experience. You just kind of walk away and do your own thing. So, um, so how does this tie in with, uh, your Sasquatch Chronicles? reference okay so this happened this had to be maybe february or march i was at work and i just listened into sasquatch chronicles and i'm trying to go through all the older episodes and i come up to this episode it's 507 and the second interview i'm just listening he's like oh we're talking to so-and-so from new york so my ears perk up i'm like oh cool and then he says the name of the town we live in. I'm like, oh. And then he names the highway that he was on when his car broke down. I'm like, oh, I drive that every day to work. And then he names the side road that's by a bridge that's next to an apartment complex on this road <laughs> that I cut through every day because it's a shortcut to get to my job. And he didn't say the name of the road, but I drive it every day back and forth from work it there's the bridge there the apartment complex and there's a ledge that goes along the apartment complex that where this uh guest on that episode has it had his encounter and something paced him out in the woods and followed him his car broke down and he cut through this road to go there now i don't know 100 percent if it's the same road but i like 99.9 percent sure this is the same road and even if it's not, it's in the absolute in very the same vicinity. And, and that's what I was going to say too, as the crow flies, this is maybe three to five miles from the nature preserve that we're at. And I'm pretty sure those things can travel pretty quick and yeah. stay in these areas. And yeah, it, it just, it was one of those moments that just clicked in my head. I was like, Holy crap. Did we have an encounter? And again, I don't, I didn't see anything. 
it snorted at us. We left. There was a sense of definitely, I wouldn't say dread, but it was like, I got the vibe to get out of the area. You know what I mean? You were ultra aware. You were ultra aware of, of there being something that you needed to get your family away from. Yeah. And just the instinctual grabbing my son and picking him up was what, when I started thinking about it again, I was like, oh man, I wonder if, you know, I mean, New York does have a ton of sightings. Yeah. And in fact, my, uh, my most recent episode that dropped today or, uh, yeah. Um, this gentleman from New Jersey mm-hmm. who, uh, has a YouTube channel and, uh, and a Sussex County Bigfoot research group. And he's he's got some great evidence in his uh, YouTube videos and and his his theories behind uh, the number the number of Bigfoot in the state and uh, their their local migratory routes mm. are are some very very interesting theories based on. Um, types of berries that are in that area and the sightings seem to increase every three years and that when a berry plant is basically devastated by all of the um, vegetation being eaten from it, that it takes three years to come back to full fruit. Interesting. And, I mean, you know, Jersey's just... Yeah, we're we're two and a half hours away from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's and if you that go, one was kind of an eye opener. <laughs> you realize not to add fuel to the blown brain, but um, there's a large segment of the Bigfoot community that believes Bigfoot may be a distant relation to the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. I've heard. So again, we're. That theory bringing back angels into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, man, it's, yeah. But you're right, uh, they, I mean, they do move, they do move uh, quite well in large distances. Um, my well, episode, episode two and three is a, is a very compelling story about a family that uh, the, the father and two of the daughters had uh, experiences both at a hunting property that was about 35 miles away from their home and then at their home. And according to the one daughter, her belief was that because of some, and I don't want to give too much away because it's, it's a great episode, Mm-hmm. Um. Again, it was it was a family that I I was able to go to their house and interview them face to face, and over the course of two and a half hours, I stared each one of them in the eyes while they were recounting their stories. And there's not a not an ounce of bullshit coming out of their mouths. Um. But the one daughter was uh, relatively certain that they had. They had followed them back home to to send a message 
that they were not happy about what they were doing on the hunting property. And if they continued to do it, that they wanted them to be, they wanted them to know that they were capable of doing things to their, their home. Wow. And, and those messages came to her via dream. Interesting. Where she felt that they were, for lack of a better term, put there in her head. Yeah, and you do hear a lot of stuff about mind speak and things like that. And yeah, that's you're giving me a lot of homework, Eric. I got to go back and listen to all these things. <laughs> Well, and you know, I mean, I don't just I don't just keep rattling off episodes of mine to plug them to you to to get you to listen. No, to them, I know, I know. It's, I, it, like it's you a, said, it's all synchronistic. It's I can't tell you how many times I've been able to impart somebody else's experience to to someone else, and and not necessarily even on during recording. Um, it might be in the conversation, you know, like we had a conversation before we started recording, just get a, just get a feel for each other's, you know, how we talk and, you know, how we're going to get along. And, um, you know, there's times where I've relayed information that had been passed down to me from previous guests that had some kind of a, an impact on, on the other person. Just, you know, it's, it's odd, you know, and, and I had a, uh, a girl on a few episodes ago um, who there were so many weird things with the recording of that. I mean, we had um, first she had an insane difficult time trying to email me uh, because oddly enough, her email would not send to me and I kept getting it, but on her, her end, it was showing that it wasn't going to me. And she ended up sending that email to me. Like, I think it was like six or seven times and I got them all Mm -hmm. and and I'm thinking, what's wrong with this person? You know, um, really excited to get, (laughs) but, uh, once we started recording perfect, beautiful blue sky day, no weather whatsoever. Perfect day. Power goes out in the middle of our uh, interview. Two-thirds of the way through. Power goes out. Were you able to save the recording at least? Or? Comes back on. And we start recording again. Get done with it. I go to upload it to my computer. Up until the time the power goes out. That's all good. Mm-hmm. From the point that the power goes out, and then we start re-recording, corrupted file. So, bless her heart. She's completely willing to go back and, and finish this up again. We schedule for like a week later. And uh, same exact story. Same exact story. And our phone's cut off. I lose her. She's trying to call me. I'm answering nothing. I'm calling her. 
It's going straight to voicemail. She's calling me. It's not going through. I'm calling her. Finally, I think between the two of us, I think there were nine phone calls back and forth. Finally, I pick it up or she picks up and says, in a, in a very sheepish tone of voice, hello? I'm like, hi. <laughs> I'm like, almost like she didn't recognize my voice or didn't think it was going to be me or, or something. And uh, after talking for a couple of minutes, I mean, she was, she was like, you know, what is going on here? I mean, am I not supposed to be talking about this? You know, it was a, it was a experience that she had while she was in the military across seas over in South Korea. And it was just, you know, it was just this arbitrary spirit that she felt was like a male figure that would kind of mock or, uh, um, exploit her, um, her responses to, to him being there. And, you know, at, at the same point in, in two different recordings a week apart, at the same point in the story, you guys couldn't connect, couldn't connect, wow. you know, and that, then we've, we've stayed in contact and, you know, she's had, you know, these series of numbers that continually show up and these numbers have some relation to me. And, you know, she has this vision of a, a, a spotted uh, salamander. And I'm like, well, what the hell does that mean? But if you look up the meaning of the symbology, some sim, symbolistic reference to this yellow spotted salamander, it's has something that's very, <laughs> very much directed towards, you know, something that, that I'm going through and, just it's really bizarre man it really is there's there's a continuation of and it it makes me want to continue doing this um yeah kind of freaks me out at times it 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 does i mean because again I, i do believe that regardless of religion or anything this is we're all put on a path and for whatever reason everything is meant to happen the way it's supposed to happen. So maybe in some weird way, you guys needed to not connect at that moment to get that vision of the salamander to figure out the bigger picture. It's all puzzle pieces that we're just trying to put together really is. Yeah. It's, it's so strange, you know, and I had one episode where, she was a lovely lady. She, she, she reached out to me with a couple of experiences. Um, she said, I don't think they're that important, but you know, I'm glad you like them. And so I had her on the show and we talked about it and, um, interesting stuff. She was a great speaker and, uh, she had good energy and boy, when I was done with it, I was just struggling like hell to, to come up with a name for the, the episode. I really was having a lot of problems with it. And usually, a name will come up to me, you know, it'll either be something somebody said or, you know, play off of something. And, uh, I just was having a hell of a time coming up with a, an idea, uh, an idea for the name of the episode. And I remember it, uh, she was from Michigan originally. Um, 
And I just went back to my kids being little and reading Michigan Chillers, which was a series of um, a series of spooky books. But each one of them was like uh, um, would in the name of the the book would have a, a city from Michigan in it, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. um, tarantulas and traverse city or something like that you know gotcha. and uh, so i just kind of went with that and i just like mischievous in michigan so that's how i was like yeah you know because everything that she told me about there was nothing she never saw a ghost she never saw spirits she never you know everything that was happening to her was kind of tricksterish and just kind of playful and um never really any ominous uh, threat to her but it was just kind of like messing with her and i was like mischievous mm-hmm. in michigan that that works that covers it and uh so i got everything done i loaded it up and got it scheduled and i think it was seven days eight days later um i get this i get this voicemail audio recording sent to me by her and I, she's like She's like, you asked me during the interview, had I ever had other things like this happen earlier in my life? And she said, it started to occur to me that, yeah, I did. And she started telling me this story about when she was a very young girl. And it was about the death of of the family dog, which died in a horrific way. (laughs) But then she says the name of the dog. And the dog's name is Mischief. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. And, and I can't believe what I'm hearing. And I, I don't think I was even done with the recording. And I texted her and I was like, you're not going to freaking believe this. And she goes, why? What's the matter? Did something go wrong? And I'm like, so I explained the whole story about having problems coming up with the name of it. And, you know, and <laughs> I said, and then you send me this audio and I, I literally had my uh, my schedule screen up from uh, the the hosting site that I use, and I took a picture of the the name of that episode and sent it to her, and she was like, "Oh my, whoa, what's going on here?" <laughs> you know, it's just and and that's one of those things. It just everything seems to it's it's organic. It all seems to work in some way. Work into other. I don't know. It's because, I, and I just met you, Eric, but I, I believe you're a 100% genuine person. Well, and I you're really that. doing this. You're doing this out of passion, out of your own curiosity. You're not doing this for, you know, other reasons. You're, you have a genuine passion for this stuff. And indeed, this is the universe or whatever, just telling you you're on the right track with what you're doing. You know, and it's <laughs> funny that you say that. I appreciate you saying that. Um, because I am, I am somebody who typically overthinks absolutely every aspect of his life, um, to the point where I shoot myself in the foot at times. And I typically will come up with, you know, these grandiose ideas and it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, and then the, the level headed side of me is like, no, it's going to be too expensive. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. And I always wind up talking myself out of it. 
exact same way. The exact same way. <laughs> except <laughs> for everything. Except for when I decided to do this podcast. I I told you we I I'd do another podcast that's local mm-hmm. to this community. And we were using his old equipment. Uh, he, his dad was a sports broadcaster or a radio broadcaster. He was doing uh, sports uh, broadcasting for like local football games and basketball games. So we started using his equipment and there was this kind of a joke between he and I, because he's like, Oh, my, my equipment's not good enough. And, and, and it was fine. But for me, he wasn't listening to podcasts at the time. I was already listening to podcasts and I noticed a drastic difference between the quality of sound that we had versus what I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a big thing. You can have the best content in the world, but if your audio quality is terrible and you make people labor to listen through your episodes, you're going to lose people. They're not going to be able to want to take deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I turned around and I decided to buy the roadcaster pro, which was $600 investment. Well, then I needed two headsets, and I needed two microphones, and I needed two microphone stands, and, you know, it just started adding up and adding up and adding up, and before you knew it, I've got this, you know, fairly exorbitant amount of money um, for, for having done maybe five lukewarmly received podcasts. And I'm, I'm going out and I'm spending, you know, a couple of grand worth of equipment. Completely Again. not me. Completely not me. I never would do something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, but yet with doing this, I have yet to beat myself up about it. I, I don't second guess myself on it. I don't uh, regret having spent the money that I have. And it's, it's just, it's been a weird, it's been a weird trip so far. And, you know, I mean, I'm still extremely new at this. Um, but I do, I feel like I am, I feel like I'm doing something that is what I'm intended to do. I feel like I'm on the right path. I I agree with that. And I was always taught if you're going to do something, do it right. And that's, again, leads to, what I was saying, you're a genuine person because I can tell like just even the interview before the show, you're like, I'm not going to judge you. We're going to have, you just want to hear the story. And because everyone's going to learn from it and who knows, someone might just a random listener one day might listen to this and say, Oh, I've had something like that happen to me. And that's part of the reason why I got into this too, because just talking to people at work and, you know, shooting the shit and whatnot, you realize that more people, are connected and have similarities than differences. The mainstream media wants to tell us we're all different and we all hate each other and there's war (laughs) and all this stuff, but it's the complete opposite. We're you're more the same with most of the people around you have very similar experiences. And I, I believe that everyone has a paranormal experience at some point in their life, whether they know it or not. I believe that too. And I think that goes back to what I was trying to say earlier uh, at the beginning of the broadcast was that, you can get slapped in the face with it, but if you are not open to the idea, you're not going to realize that it's happened. 
you know, and, and other people can argue that they're just not, that we're, we on this side of the topics are reading too much into it and, and manufacturing what we want to hear. And I argue that when you are faced with something that is unusual and doesn't seem right, you are the one that is manufacturing a a way around it by not accepting yep. what you've just seen or heard. Yep. The mental gymnastics they go through to prove that you're wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's look at the, you know, what it, what it, Occam's razor, razor, the most, yeah. you know, plausible answer is probably yep, exactly. what it is. And yeah, this is, this has been a lot of fun, Eric. I, this is the first show I've ever been on. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad I'm it was, it was a on. good show. It was, uh, I think people are going to enjoy it. I had a ball doing it. Uh, love talking with you and, uh, you know, I don't know that we got to the bottom of anything. I probably created more questions for you than than anything with the uh, angelic numbers. But I I, I sent you a text of the the image. The symbol. I saw that. And you know, obviously, not all of it's there. Uh, what was on your shoulder? But there is something that is very strikingly similar. At least yeah. I see in that. Mm-hmm. I do too. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to look into it more and there's always part two, you know, we can go, <laughs> Definitely. go and, Definitely. and see if I can get to the bottom of this. But like I said, this, this was an eye opener for me. I know I didn't get to tell the audience the exact story of how this was, uh, revelate, you know, how it, it was eye opening to me, mm-hmm. but it, it really is. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense and whether or not whatever happened to me was just a symbol to connect me to you to get this, who knows? I mean, but it's like you said, it's all synchronistic and yeah, I really truly believe that. I truly believe that. Well, stick I got a lot of hate. <laughs> I got a lot of hate for that thing. A lot of people are like, this is a hoax. That's fake. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's that's something that I have expected and been very pleasantly surprised. Um, but I've not I've not had a single person react to me in a negative way about any of the shows that I've done. And, and I think that all goes back to being genuine. People that are looking for these, I found that skeptics are not listening to these type of podcasts. You know what I mean? These are people that have had experiences that want to try to get to the bottom of it. And yeah. it, authenticity is, is the new currency when it comes to podcasting. I think you got to be authentic and hear people out and just, everyone's got a story to tell and you never know. You're going to, you're going to get something from it no matter what. So that's why I got into it. Something connected us together to do this. And it's been eye opening for me. <laughs> It is so blown away by it. Well, one time for the listeners before we end this, I want you to stay on the line though, because uh, once we stop recording, I want to, I want to talk to you about the the situation. Um, Mm -hmm. But one time for the listeners, let them know where they can find you, what your podcast is about. Thank you, Eric, for having me on. And if you want to 
listen to my little show that I just started. It's called Upstate Unconventional. You can, it's on all the major platforms, and you can follow me on Instagram at Upstate underscore Unconventional. So thank you again, Eric, for this opportunity. Nico, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you, Eric. Stay in touch. Definitely. Good night. Thank you for joining me this evening. If you have an experience or there's a topic that you'd like to have covered on an upcoming episode, please contact me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. If you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and leave a review. T-shirts are still available in sizes medium through 2XL. The cost is $25, and that covers the shipping to anywhere in the continental U.S. The show is growing by leaps and bounds. Thanks to you, the listener. We've got some great content coming up. So stick around. <laughs>